Lord Jesus, all glory and honor and wisdom and thanks, it all belongs to you. So we together declare that there is no other God besides you. And we choose and willingly submit to you today and we come under your word today and through your servant, Lord, Pastor Dave, dear friend of this house, we receive both the servant and the word that you have put within him. With glad hearts, we say yes to you today, Lord God. Yes to your work. Yes to your will. Yes to your word now. Speak to us, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Would you join me in welcoming Pastor Dave? Well, good morning. It's been a great morning already, hasn't it? Appreciate your prayers. We're uh, our next outreach in just about a month from now is Herbal Iraq in Kurdistan, northern Iraq. We just received word that we also uh, have been granted permission to go into Macedonia. Uh, <laughs> so we have received a Macedonian call. Hallelujah. Kind of an area that is difficult to get in, but the local police and local officials have granted us permission. So thanks be unto God. Let's pray. Lord, this morning, I uh, I sent you want to surprise someone here today with an outpouring of your grace and of your presence into their lives in a way that they can respond to. We're all different. We all respond in different ways. But Lord, I pray that today they would have an ear to hear your voice and a willingness to open their hearts in a new and a fresh way today. Lord, I know the message today from Acts 2 is... is directed a particular way, but God, I, I, I'm so grateful that you can take your word and you can apply it in multiplied ways into our hearts this morning. And so God, Lord, would it be fresh bread for all of us today? May we all leave here full <laughs> and, uh, and prepared for, for another week to do what you're calling us to do to hear your voice, to be your light in darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus said, He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. How many are willing to say, God, I want to, I want to hear your voice today? You know, I don't care if you hear my voice. <laughs> I want you, you know, God may speak to you sidetracked, you may not even hear my voice this morning. That's okay. Go for it. All right. Acts chapter 2, which is where you as a church have been for some time, and uh, I guess I I get the chance of, is this the last on this series? 
Okay, getting close. So close to clean up here. Okay. Acts 2, starting in verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And this is my text today. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Um, you know, this, this is a brand new word for me this morning. Never preached this message before. This is for this house, for this season today. And uh, I, I pray God will, will take his word and, and use it in our lives today. Um, Luke tells us here that the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. Harvest is not just a strategic plan or a, or a format. I, I, I mean, we... we Communication is a process of words, and 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 we need to we need to be intellectual. We need to use our minds. You know, uh, Bill Bright years ago created the four spiritual laws, um, and, and there've been many tools. You know, Alpha is a wonderful tool. Love Alpha. Many tools God is using to reach people, and so we need to be strategic, and we need to we need to use words and 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 study and prepare our hearts. To reach people with the gospel, but but ultimately we understand that harvest is not just strategic planning or having the right format or going on the streets or using media or whatever. Literally, harvest is a miracle. Harvest is the work of God. Harvest is not what we do, really. Ultimately, ultimately, harvest is not what you do. Harvest is what God is doing. And Matthew 16, 18 doesn't say you will build the church. Jesus said, I will build the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against that. <laughs> so, so God is up to something here, right? you know. And, 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 and we have the privilege of just kind of coming along. A lot of times I have the picture, you know, uh, I remember when, when, when my boys were, were young and and, and I'd be out working on my car or something, and, 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 you know, five, six, seven years of age, they'd be out there wanting to help me, you know? And so they'd be able to hand me a tool. Or they thought they were doing a lot. Well, you think me, you, you may be doing a lot, but you're not much more than that little boy <laughs> handing a tool, you know? The, the reality is that, is that really we have the opportunity to come along inside, and, and you have a strategic part of what God is doing, but reality is, is that really it's, it's really God who's doing this. It's not us. It's not Great Commission Media. It's not Trinity Works. It's not Bethel Christian Fellowship. You know, we're, we're, just, we're just the little boy handing the tool, huh? 
and, and God is the one who's really doing it. Um, it's interesting to me that, that one of the main priorities of Jesus today is to build his church. I, it, 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 I don't know, maybe there's more than two. I, I mean, there's, there's the building of the church Jesus is doing, and, and he's interceding. Hebrews makes that clear to us, that Hebrews chapter 7, that, that Jesus is our inner center is our intercessor. But I've thought about it. Those are kind of the two main things Jesus is doing today. He is interceding on our behalf and he's building the church. There may be more than that, but 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 those are but those are two of the main things that Jesus is up to today. So 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 Jesus is right now building his church. I will build my church. Um, Bill Hybels coined the phrase a number of years ago that the local church is the hope of the world. We need to ask the question, why is the local church the hope of the world? Because, you know, we're, many of us feel like we're, we're, all, we're all thumbs or, you know, we make a lot of, how many have ever made a mistake, huh, in the process as a Christian? Yeah, we, I mean, we're, we're always blowing it, aren't we? I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're not perfect in, in any of our processes. But, but the fact is, is the local church is the hope of the world because God has chosen to work through this vessel of the local church. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You can, you can turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Paul says, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? The, the answer to that question is nothing. <laughs> That's what he's saying. What, what is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. Turn to somebody and say, you are nothing. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, that's, that's what Paul is saying. You know, One plants, another one. Apollos planted, I watered, but, but we are... We are nothing. It is, it is God who brings the increase. It is God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. Each one will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Yeah, I mean, there's a message right there, and I'm not going to go there. I mean, here, fellow workers, God's field, God's building. I mean, Stephen, there's, there's a good word for you one day. You can preach that sometime. You know. Um, but but the reality is is that is that is that Paul tells us here that that God says that we are intrinsically a part of what God is doing. God has chosen not to harvest without us. God has chosen not to build the kingdom without people. He could do it. I I know he could do it. How many think God could do anything he wants to do? You know he can do anything he wants to. But he has chosen to say you are a part of this. I'm not going to do it without you. I could, but I'm not going to. I want you to be a part of this. We plant, we water, God brings the increase. And so there's this, there's this awareness that yes, we have a, a significant role, a significant place, but it really is the work of God. So none of us needs to get puffed up. None of us needs to get prideful and say, we've got the technique. We know how to do it. Nobody else is doing it right. You know, that is nauseous to God, right? Huh? It is. 
You know, any time anybody stands up and says, if you would just do it my way, what's your problem? You know, then, then God says, hey, you know, I'm going to resist that person. I will resist the proud, but I will give grace to the humble. Great Commission Media is one way of, of proclaiming the gospel. We would be stupid to say, Everybody should be doing media evangelism. Stephen would be stupid to say, we are the only way to reach people with the gospel. The fact is, is that God uses all of us. Some plant, some water. God brings the increase. But we're all a part of it. Let me tell you an old story. Years ago, I was pastoring on an island out in Puget Sound called Vashon Island. Uh, and it was, it was in the midst of, it was in the early 70s. And, and we were all hippies back then. Well, some of us were. You know, and on Vashon, almost everybody was hippies. I mean, you, you, you raised goats. You, you grew marijuana. Uh, you made pottery. Um, you planted your garden. And you drove a microbus. That was Vashon. You know, how many remember those days? Some of you probably still have a microbus. No. Anyhow. So, so, so this, this was Vashon, and this was the culture. And, and we had an old, I, had, I was pastoring this little church, and we, we were kind of having a youth revival on the island. Great things were happening, and Colleen and I were still kids. We, I mean, I think I was, I was 23, 24 at the time. We were pastoring this church. Can you believe that? Anybody would, you know, I mean, they couldn't get anybody else. That's why I was there. But anyhow, so, so we were there, and, 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 and uh, and, and, and God began to move by his spirit. Well, I had an old missionary come. His name was Arlen Wassell. He was a missionary from Borneo. And um, uh, long, long dead, many years ago. And, and, and Arlen came to our little white church building that seated 72 people. And, and he, he brought a snakeskin that went up one side of the wall, all the way across the floor, and up the other side. And, and you know, all the kids could... Just were amazed at all this, and 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 here this little guy would would take riverboats up into Borneo when, when it was still headhunting country, and and he would go up there with a translator, and they would go into areas, and literally they would have power encounters in, in villages, and whoever had the most power, just like Moses, whoever had the most power, got to speak the last word, and and God moved by His Holy Spirit powerfully. And, and he would literally uh, power down the witch doctors. It was just amazing. This little tiny guy. And he's soft-spoken. You know, you, you wouldn't think he could do anything, you know. And here, that's what he was doing. And he told, he told me this story. I will never forget it. It's an amazing story. It gives me goosebumps right now when, he, when I think about it. He, he told me the story of how he went to this one village. And he preached to this one village the gospel through this translator. And as he preached the gospel, I mean, the village was packed with people listening to him. And as he preached the reality of Jesus, everyone came to Christ. The whole area, whoosh, received Christ. And that had never happened to him before. And, and he, he, he got together with, with, the, with, the, with the chieftain afterwards and sat down uh, with him and said, this has never happened to us before. Why? <laughs> Somebody planted. I don't know how. Vision, 
dream. I, I don't know how, how it was planted in this culture. But this is what he said. Years ago, generations ago, he said, it was spoken to our people that God had sent his son to die for the sins of the world. We just did not know his name. Isn't that beautiful? Doesn't that give you goosebumps? You know? We just didn't know his name. You see, see, somebody somewhere, we don't know his name, God only knows who it was, but somewhere generations before had received a seed. And the seed of the gospel had been planted in that culture years before. They, you know, and now Arlen Walsell comes and waters that seed and whoosh! Amazing harvest. You see, that's the miracle of the gospel. That's, that's what God does. Did Arlen do that? No, no, no. No, he was just one little part of that. God did it. God did it. And, and, and that's what God does. And, and that's what this script... That's what this text says. We all have a part to play, and God has chosen not to do it without us. Now, number two, your field of labor or your place in the harvest in this season is a matter of calling. Are you willing to follow God's calling in this season? Stephen, are you willing to go to a town of 500 in the middle of South Dakota where there's no other towns around it because God calls you there instead of living in Minneapolis? Would you be willing to do that? You know, would, would I be willing to step down from doing what I'm doing with Great Commission Media and, and, and doing something that, that was totally different? I should be willing to do that. There are different seasons in our life. Let me give you an example. Okay? Acts chapter 8. We, we know it, and I, I got I, I to go. I got 12, 18 minutes. Um, okay, so, so here we are. Um, you know the story of Philip, all right? Philip goes to Samaria. Tremendous revival. Citywide, okay? Signs, wonders, miracles. People are saved. People are baptized. We know the story. What happens? God calls them from there. And, and sends him out to the backside of the desert to meet with, with what? One man, an Ethiopian eunuch. To our knowledge, uh, uh, Ethiopia heard the gospel through that one man. That became the seed planted in that culture because, because Philip was willing. The next time we find Philip is in Acts chapter 21, and all we know about it is he had four daughters and they all were, were, were prophets. This, this, guy, this guy, Philip, went from preeminence to obscurity in one fell swoop by the call of God. <laughs> by the call. So, so there are different seasons. And so my question to you today is this. Are, are you hearing the call of God in this season? I don't care what God called you to five years ago. Great, wonderful. How about right now? How about where you are right now? What is God calling you to right now? Acts chapter 16. We, you know, Acts, I, I'm not even going to turn there. Acts 16, you know this story. You know, Paul tries to go to Bithynia. The Holy Spirit says what? 
No. Are you kidding me? Bithynia needed the gospel as well as anywhere else. But you see, we, we need to understand that, that our place in the harvest is not a matter of personal choice or simply saying, what is the largest city? Our place in the harvest is saying, God, what are you calling me to? And it was because Paul was willing to hear the voice of the Spirit of God that said, go to Macedonia. Macedonia. Isn't that great? You know? Now, l- later on, Paul, Paul goes to Corinth. At, uh, uh, and, 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 and before he goes to Corinth, God speaks to him and says, what? I have many people in this city. <laughs> Nobody was even saved yet in Corinth. <laughs> and God says, I have many... What is he talking about? He's talking about harvest. He was talking about the reality. There were many people that were ripe, that were ready to respond to the gospel right there. You know, I wonder how it went for you guys now. You know, when you went, went out to South Dakota, I bet you that was cool. I'd like to talk to you afterwards about that. You know, many people are ripe, ripe in different places. And, 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 and God looked at Corinth and he said, I've got many people in this city. How many know there are many people in St. Paul that are harvest, ready? There are many people in Minneapolis. There are many people in Brookings, South Dakota. <laughs> All right? All right, so, so, so it's a matter of discovering, discovering what God is calling you to and where God is calling you in this season. John chapter 4, verse 31. Meanwhile, the, de- the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat, but he said, I have food to eat you don't know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to, is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do not say there are four months and then comes harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper rejoice together. For here the saying holds true. One sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. And so there's never this place where we become that person who says it's all about us or what we have done. No, no, no. We understand that somewhere along the line, others have, others have labored, others have sown, sown seed, others have prayed, others have travailed, others have done that. And if we have the privilege of harvesting, we are only one very small part in what God is doing because it is all the work of God, not us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number three, Acts chapter 2 says that the Lord added, uh, a better word would probably be multiplied. Acts 2.41 tells us that the church grows in one day from 500 as recorded at the ascension of Jesus to 3,500. Okay? 3,000 plus the 500 that were already there. Acts chapter 4, two chapters later, we see another 5,000 men plus women and children. That the harvest is truly multiplication. It's miraculous. I I, I stand here in awe. You know, we are one little teeny tiny ministry out of Finland. But, you know, I, I stand in awe at what God is doing in this little teeny tiny ministry. 
You know, with, with our television production team and our office staff in Finland, and, and, and the rest, there's probably 50 of us only that work for this ministry around the world. I'm the only guy. Maura's the only gal in, thank you, Maura, for all your work helping us. Appreciate Maura's my secretary here in Minnesota, so literally couldn't do it without her. But it's amazing the multiplication factor that we have seen. Now, I'll, I'll close with that in just a minute. John chapter 12, Jesus talks about, in verse 23, 24, that then a grain of wheat, speaking about his own life, must fall on the ground and die. And if it dies, it will bring forth what? Much fruit. If a, if, if a grain of wheat falls on the ground and dies, it will bring much fruit. Wheat's an interesting thing. Wheat's grown all over the world. In almost in every season because, you know, it's hardy. It doesn't need much water. Root systems for wheat go down up to 30 feet. It's amazing. One grain of wheat produces eight heads of wheat with 40 grains per head. Okay? Uh, all right, you math whizzes. 40 times 8 is 320, right? All right? 320. Oh, okay, so, so one grain of wheat creates 320 grains of wheat. Do you, do you realize, I, this is amazing, one acre of wheat could feed a family of four, I couldn't hardly believe this, for 10 years. One acre of wheat can feed a family of four for ten years. Because the why? Because of the huge multiplication factor that happens in the process. You see, harvest multiplication is 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 God's DNA. We see it all over the place. Mark chapter six, five loaves, two fish, five thousand men, plus women and children are fed. Twelve baskets are left for the twelve disciples. You know, I mean, I mean, what do we see here? We we see marvelous multiplication, and that 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 is God's plan. And we we see it all the time. Kiev, Ukraine. Five years ago, we went into Kiev, Ukraine. First thing I was ever a part of. We went into Kiev, Ukraine, and did a massive citywide campaign. It was very very successful. Lots of people came to Christ. Okay, now speed forward. Just about six months ago. Hanu Halku was back in, 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 in Kiev again. He met with one of the pastors. His name is Pastor Philip from the Salvation Church, one of the key churches that worked with us, a church of about 2,000 there. And, 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 and Pastor Philip said to Hanu, I need to tell you the rest of the story. He said, this last year, this last, boy, wouldn't we love it here. This last year, he said, we saw 50 to 60 people come to Christ every Sunday in our church last year. Come forward to receive Christ in their church. 50 to 60 every Sunday. That over 3,000 people come to Christ. 880 of them were now baptized members, discipled in their congregation. In one year. He said, we interviewed all these people, and one of the questions we asked them is, when did you first hear the gospel? Not all of them. But his words were this. The vast majority of them said, the first time we heard the gospel was five years ago. When we heard on television, we saw on television, 
night after night for a month, that Jesus could change our life. And we could not get away from it. And five years later now, these people are coming to Christ. So what is that? One plant, another water. God, God brought other people into their life. God was faithful to do other things. We were just one piece of the puzzle here. But God brings the increase. God brings the increase. We saw that just recently. Hyderabad, India. Soon, Herbal Iraq. Durban, South Africa. Mumbai, India. Dakar, Senegal. God willing, Suriname, South America. I'll be going probably in the next couple months to begin that process. So, you know, this, these are statistics given to us by Katani, who is, who is in an Islam, Islamic imam from Algeria. He was ranting about the growth of Christianity in the Islamic world. And this is what he said. Algeria is seeing 10,000 people a year come to Christ. He is not speaking positively. He's speaking neg negatively. He says there are 45,000 people in Morocco who, who have received Jesus. Saudi Arabia, 50,000. Egypt, 1 million plus. And by the way, I just met with, with, with some of our leaders, with Botras uh, Zachariah. Some of you have heard about him. He's got a price tag in his head for $60 million by Al-Qaeda because he is winning more people to Christ through his little television network that we are now networking with, working with. And, and, and this is an amazing guy. 77 years old. He's like... He's like an Apostle Paul to the Islamic world. He's working out of a garage, and I won't tell you where in the United States. And, 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 and he uplinks onto a satellite network that goes all over the Islamic world, and he debates imams all over the world and, 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 and preaches them down, just like the Apostle Paul. It's amazing, amazing stuff. We met with him. He said this Arab Spring stuff. You know the Arab Spring stuff? All, all over the world, okay? This has been planned by the Muslim Brotherhood for 85 years. This is, this is a process of planning that has happened over the last 85 years by the Muslim Brotherhood. And as you have probably read in your newspapers just this past week, that Syria, all, all, all of the revolutionaries, that wherever they are taking control, one of the things they are doing is they are purging those cities of Christians. And we are supporting them as a nation. God help us. So this, this is the kind of world we're living in. But Katani, this, this imam from Saudi Arabia, you know, is ranting about how frustrating it is that all of these people are coming to Christ. And by the way, uh, Joel Rosenberg uh, did not believe these statistics that he was telling. And, and if you go on his website, you will see that he did the research as a, as a journalist, and discovered that he was absolutely telling the truth. Thousands of people are coming to Christ in the Islamic world. Why? Because where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. The gospel is miraculous. It is not simply about us doing our thing. It is about, it is about God has his agenda that all over this world, he is building his church no matter what. 
Hallelujah. So, I'm done. What, what are we to do? What is our plan? Our, our, our process is, is threefold. We are to plant, we are to water, and we are to do one more thing. We are to pray. Matthew chapter 9, Jesus says the harvest is plentiful. How many believe that's true? Plentiful. What is the problem? Workers. The laborers. 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 Laborers are few. So what did he say? Make people feel guilty? Beat them over the head? Tell them they're all a bunch of losers? No. He says, pray the Lord of the harvest that he You see, you see, it's, it's, it's not my job to grab people by the shirt and say, you've got to do this. No, no, no. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he will, what? Thrust out, send out laborers into his harvest field. And, and, and by the way, how many work secular? Come on, raise your hand. I hope you do. I hope many of you do. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> this church needs you. But that's your mission field. God has called you there on purpose. I, I hope you're doing what you're doing, not, not because you just get a paycheck, but because you are called. You are called there to do that. Because that's your mission field. That's where you spend a lot of your time. And so God wants you to be a light there. He wants you to be a witness there. But we are all to pray the Lord of the harvest that he will thrust out labors into his harvest field. Um, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And the worship team is going to come. And... and This is a wonderful church, you know. I I consider Colleen and I consider that we're a part of this church, even though we're hardly ever here. Um, it's a wonderful multinational church, and there are, there are numbers of you from different parts of the world, different parts of the world, and 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 you have a nation on your heart. Uh, but you're also living here. And, and, and I, we're going to do something this morning. We're going to cry out to God for this nation, for this city, for this nation. Do, do, you, do you realize um, we have not had a great awakening in the U.S.? I, 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 you know, I, I would almost think that uh, the Jesus People movement with the charismatic movement, those two things happen kind of simultaneously nationally across the we haven't had anything nationally I don't think since the 70s isn't that amazing when you think about it we're, we're talking a long time 40 42 years that's a long time so we need how many believe we need a national awakening we, we do we, we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit we, we cannot 
you know, we got good techniques, we got, we got good formulas, we, got, we, we know how to do this, right? No, we don't. We need God. We need to pray the Lord of the harvest that he will thrust out laborers into his harvest field, that God will move by his Holy Spirit in this city, in this nation, and around the world. Now, I'm going to do something. You guys know me, so I, you know, you'd be disappointed if I wasn't a little weird this morning. So we're, we're going to do something different this morning. I'm going to have, have you go to the walls. And I have you going to lay, lay your hands on walls. I want you to face out, not in. Face out because we're thinking out. We're not thinking in this morning. And I want you all over this place. Platform, side walls, back walls. I want you to lay hands on the walls. And we're going to cry out to the Lord of the harvest this morning that he will thrust out laborers into this harvest field. <laughs> you look like a bunch of Jews at the wailing wall. That looks great. I love it. I love it. Hallelujah. Some of you, if you want, you can actually go like this, like the Jews do when they pray. <laughs> All right. Hallelujah. And, and listen, some of you are from other nations. After you pray for this city and after you pray for this nation, I want you to pray for your nation. And you be as loud as you want this morning. You cry out this morning. You cry out what? The Lord of the harvest. That he will thrust out laborers into his harvest field. So just begin to cry out right now. Begin. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord, this morning. We pray out this morning. We cry out this morning. We lift our hands to you this morning, oh God. We pray the Lord of the harvest that you, oh God, will thrust out us, all of your gracious, wonderful people, into the harvest field of the world, oh God. We pray, oh God, for the United States. We pray for St. Paul. We pray for Minneapolis. But we pray for the nations of the world as well this morning. That you would thrust out labors into dark places, into difficult places, into places where it seems the gospel cannot go. Oh God, do it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We cannot do it without you, Lord. Hallelujah. As you continue to pray. I'm going to invite you to also come in agreement in prayer right now over some of the servants in this house who've been thrust out and are being thrust out. And some who are here even this morning, Pastor Justin leaves on Tuesday back to war-torn areas in Africa, Congo and other places. Pastor Daniel Millard from Haiti here. Back with our Bhutanese this morning is Pastor Mangal from Nepal. They have a guest from Nepal here, ministering apostolically among churches all over here in the States before going back home. Just want to pray the release of God's blessing upon the nations. So begin to lift up your voice as Pastor David instructed earlier, but let's look now, even beyond St. Paul and Minneapolis. Let's look into the nations. Come on, begin to pray. Lift up your voice right now. Labors into the harvest field of the nations. The upcoming Great Commission media campaigns in places around the world. Come on, lift up your voice right now for the nations. Jesus, we cry out to you for the nations. 
You said, ask of me and I will give you as an inheritance the nations. So we cry out for the nations right now. And for laborers who are being thrust out and sent forth into the nations. Lord, release glory right now over the nations. Arise, shine, your light has come. Thick darkness covers the earth. But his light shines even higher, greater. It will displace the darkness in Jesus' name. I don't know if many of you know, but there's a drought. There's a drought in our in America right now. Fifty percent of our land is does not have water. My husband's cousins are in Nebraska and they have not had rain since May. And if you look on the internet, you see places where the land is cracked up. There's, there's no water there. The Mississippi River is, is drying up. And if we don't get rain soon, the traffic on the Mississippi River will stop. That's a picture of where we are as a country, spiritually. So my challenge to you is to draw a circle around whoever you're praying for, whatever neighborhood, if you have people in other cities, whatever, draw a circle around there and pray until we see the rain come. Because we're desperate. We are in drought land. I know in 1988 when we had drought here, we lost so much. And I don't know why Minnesota doesn't have it, but it's happening. 50% of the land in America. So God... We cry to you right now. Come. We need you. We're desperate for you. We're in drought. We're in desert. Without you, we will die. So that's my challenge to you today. Jesus, would you just open your hands right now? I want to commission this house right now. Lord God, you have called us to a culture of multiplication. And I pray that every one of the seeds that you've put in our lives begin to multiply. And the Lord, you would give us seed to then distribute and pass. And that, Lord, we would see a great increase of harvest. Not only in this house, but, but Lord, we want to say yes, please, in this house. And in this family of churches. And in all our partner ministries. And out into the city and from the city into the Twin Cities. And beyond into the state and the nation and the world. God, come, Lord, and release, Lord God these laborers into your harvest field now. I commission you. You've been called, you've been given, you've been sent. You're called by Jesus. You're given abilities and gifts by the Spirit and you're sent by the Father. So go. 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 With the banner of Jesus, 
waving over your life. Till we gather again, either in this house or our eternal home, I bless you, people of God. I bless you. In Jesus' name.